Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. We did it for each other this time. We did it. We are loving on each other. If only we could do more of that in the world, right? No, all we need is love, sweet love. All we need is love, sweet love. I need someone to make love to me. That's what I need to do. <laughs> so that I feel better about myself. No, that's not true. That is not true. No. How how's your how is your week? The kids are in school now, right? Oh, yes. Bray has gone, Bray's gone back to school. She is back to school, thank God. We've got the kid back in school. It was a little bit of an adjustment just to get back on the schedule. But wouldn't you know, yesterday, the day she goes back to school, I get my period. And this period is not like any other period cycle. why what is the this period what's what's is going like what is wrong with it oh my god tamin this period cycle is fucking my shit up like i am what happened i just feel like i am not in my body this time around like i feel like like physically i don't feel good i'm so tired like i'm right. snappy but more snappy than usual yeah poor david no see <laughs> if he had to deal with the old period, Roxy, I don't know what he has to deal with now. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you because I know okay. so much about tell hormones. Me, girl. <laughs> um, you just had a really intense month, whatever that is, either mentally, physically, okay. emotionally, whatever it was this month. Maybe it was the stress about Bray going back to school, whatever. Mm. Maybe you ate differently. Maybe you drank too much alcohol. Maybe you had too much sugar. Like, for example, when I went to a health retreat a long time ago, okay. I've always had issues with my cycle. And I went to the health retreat. And within that month, that I got my period after I went to this health retreat, I had no symptoms. I had no pain. I had no emotional distress. I had no physical symptoms. So my body was completely in alignment and that is what a period should be. It should be this gentle, lovely, natural uh, detox in a way. And for you, something's been happening in this month or you're pregnant. <laughs> you know what is so funny, David and I actually talked about that yesterday. I was like, do you think he's like, don't even say it. Or yeah, maybe you were yeah. pregnant and now you're not pregnant. So you never know. You never know. So this, this podcast is going to be interesting because you apparently don't know what you're talking about. So... <laughs> and neither do you. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> well, that is why also I thought about getting this next guest on because, you know, a lot has changed as I've got, you know, I'm in my thirties. I don't know what you're in. Cause I've never, you've never told me your age, <laughs> but let's just assume that you're somewhere there. Um, so, and things have changed definitely when it comes to, you know, LBG, like uh, right. non-binary. Uh, I don't even know some of these terms that mm -hmm. have been, uh, being said. And so I was like, you know, transgender, I I'm, got two young girls and I want to uh, expose and teach them um, and explain to them the right way when it comes to people who are of all different walks of life. And I don't know if I'm doing it correctly. I don't know if I'm saying the right things. I don't know if I'm being offensive without meaning to be. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, why don't we have someone on this show who's non-binary He's also an author. He's also a coach. He also teaches. They, they, they. Ah, they, they. Oh, sorry, they. sorry. See that I did it again. And see, I got <laughs> I'm so happy you talked about being offensive and then went into then I was offensive. the pronouns. And you know what? Like for me, like just then, like I didn't, I, that just came naturally. So that hi, is the I'm thing Jeffrey. that has to, hi, this is Jeffrey Marsh. And I, and I have to be, um, I have to understand that there's a lot that happens that comes naturally that you don't automatically it's mm. your automatic thoughts your automatic programming that just happens that you don't think of like openly and you just you just don't know what you're doing right or what's wrong so please explain it to me because I just did it then um which I'm happy to learn from but it was it's automatic and that's what happens to a lot of us well yeah I mean there yeah. always comes this point in being an ally where somebody that you're trying to be an ally to mm -hmm. is going to give you the correction. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of an ally is learning how to be graceful, really, mm -hmm. in that situation. Mm -hmm. And may I start by complimenting you? Oh, <laughs> you did just that, right? Right. I mean, you, it was a source of humor, of being human, of saying, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, please tell me, right? Mm -hmm. All of that is. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, how shall I say it? 
that's what we really want. That right. to me is respect. Right. Not, you mentioned you don't know all the terms. I do know all the terms, <laughs> but to me, teach me before, all the terms, right? Yeah. Even before everybody gets the difference between gender fluid versus gender queer versus non-binary, right? All what all these words mean before they even get there, just treating us like a human mm-hmm. and just saying, Hey, come on my podcast. <laughs> we have fun. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also have to say something else revealing. Before we started rolling, you gave me the speech that this is a safe place. This podcast is a safe place. Right. And I can intuit from that, or assume rather, that you guess I am very used to being in situations where I'm not respected. Right. Situations that are not safe for people Mm -hmm. like me. Mm -hmm. And so we have to start right away with, you've created this safe, fun, exciting space. Mm-hmm. and you invited me into it. Mm-hmm. Thank we need, you. We need people like you in not only our world, but also in our conversations. Mm. Um, because in my world, in my little world, and I'm sure Roxy too, we have a few people who um, identify as non-binary but it's not in our world so much. So it's not something Mm -hmm. that we understand. I mean, I'll talk for myself. Maybe Roxy does don't understand a great deal about, and yeah, that's the first problem. It's not always around us. So we then are making mistakes left, right and center because it's not part of our vocabulary, you know, but then how do we teach our children who have two young girls? Roxy has a little girl as well. Mine's seven and two when they grow up through, what they read through how they speak to people through what they see how do we teach them what's respectful Mm -hmm. you know if we don't have these types of conversations uh yeah i agree 100 percent. when when parents dm me email me ask me what am i going to teach my kid about gender i always and it's not meant to be sassy i mean it's meant to be honest i i always Mm -hmm. write back just keep an eye on what you're not going to teach them. Mm-hmm. Kids, kids these days mm-hmm. <laughs> know quite a lot already, but you know, about the terms and they've, they've been on the internet, right? And they've, mm-hmm. they know all the stuff we've talked about already uh, many times. But also kids intuit that I'll give you an example, right? So a kid just last week um, came up to me and said, are you a boy or a girl? And I gave an age appropriate answer. And I said, you know, I really haven't decided yet today. What do you think? You're right. <laughs> and a kid just rolled with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's something about being young mm-hmm. where you still have that innocence of approach, seeing the best in people. Mm-hmm. And so I always just advise parents not to teach that out of the kids. And I know from listening to the two of you, you haven't done that. So mm-hmm. you're, you're light years ahead. I know now you, I have now like twice evaded giving you an exact answer by complimenting mm-hmm. you. And, I'll uh, take all the compliments. <laughs> I need them sleep last night. <laughs> But I think, I mean, but that's part of the major point. I mean, so many people come, people like me have gone through being, um, people are afraid of us. Mm. A few years ago, people were like, oh, what's that person? Why is that person in a dress, in a shop? Uh, mm. And sort of afraid of someone like me. Mm. And now we've transitioned over to people are afraid to say the wrong words mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, either way, I'm isolated you're afraid of me. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in that position. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I love about what we've talked about so far is, you know, you can just be frank with each other. Mm-hmm. It's what I appreciate. You know, I really took an, an, a deep dive into your social media and I just, and in the best way, in the best way, I was so mm-hmm hooked because I was like you stalked me I did (laughs) like once somebody looks at one of your videos I feel like you have to look at all of them because I just sort of kept scrolling through and it's you know 
so many things. I mean, you're so vulnerable, you're so authentic and you're so relatable. Relatable mm. was really what stood out to me. And I love the way that you explained family dynamics and childhood trauma, you know, because we've mm-hmm. all been through something, you know, it's like nobody comes out of childhood unscathed, you know, in one way or another. Um, and I think for me as a parent, you know, it was very, um, I could really appreciate what you were talking about. So just to like, kind of give people a little bit of a sense of like your history, you know, kind of like sort of the family dynamic that you grew up in. What, what, what was that? And how did it kind of shape you? I mean, I know that's the broadest. Did you get traumatized? Tell us about your secrets. I think, you know, the the thing of it too, is um, I think sometimes as a parent, you don't even realize the trauma that you're, you know, even if Mm. you are trying to do your best and you don't Mm -hmm. traumatize your child, you do, you know, you do. And I think a lot of us as parents are constantly like, Oh God, please don't let me fuck up my kid. Oh, we will. We will. 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 Hopefully not too bad. I know. I know. It just makes me like, like so on edge sometimes, but just for like, if people don't know sort of your story, what, what was it about, you know, the childhood that sort of shaped you and kind of set you on your path? Well, it's, um, I love to start there because as you said, it's almost universal. There's something about human beings and parents that uh, there's a lot of abuse that goes on. And uh, I'm popular on the internet, as you pointed out, and I do talk about childhood trauma. And so that to me says a lot of people can relate to what I say. Mm-hmm. And especially our parents' generation, mm-hmm. there was a way to parent that they thought was just quote unquote good parenting. Mm-hmm. That was really, really difficult as kids <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to experience. Mm-hmm. For example, my, both of my parents thought for, the lo- for as long as I can remember that it was their job as parents to make me not LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. That good parents would end up with a kid who is straight, not Mm non-binary, who is, uh, you know, quote unquote, the norm, Mm -hmm. and that that was good parenting. Mm -hmm. And as I talk about on my channel, my dad, well, and my mom too, to be honest, they tried everything, including violence, Mm -hmm. to get me not to be me. So I, I was literally beat up for being this gorgeous. Um, it's a podcast. Just trust that I'm gorgeous. <laughs> Don't worry, people um, will see you in our social media assets. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. thank goodness! Go <laughs> look it up. All your glory. <laughs> Go run to the Instagram to see my. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tale that's unfortunately very common for people like me. Do you do you still live? And I'm going to let you finish. But do you still live? Yeah with that shame, because because it's shaming, right? That the uh, biggest I think, issues in life is, I know mine is all about shame. And whether mm-hmm. it's from who, whether it's from when I was brought up or whether it's from my environment or what I thought about myself or whatever, those are the biggest things that I, that I deal with when it comes to my mental health. It always has the path to shame. It always goes back there. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. do you still live with that now? Absolutely not. Do you want to know what I did? Yeah, I do. It saved my life. <laughs> you know, it's in, in the social media world, we talk about being a thumb stopper, that people are scrolling by and their thumb stops on you. Mm-hmm. And I happen to, when people run to the Instagram to see my eyeshadow, they'll notice that I'm a thumb stopper. Just visually, there's something that people are like, oh, what's that person? Mm-hmm. And I used to think it was just the look just the eyeshadow, just the facial hair with with lipstick, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's that I am this way and I love myself. Mm -hmm. I am this way and I'm innocent. I am this way and I'm open. I am this way and I'm not bitter. Mm -hmm. And so the golden answer is I went and lived at a Buddhist monastery and I've studied Mm -hmm. Zen for 20 years. And that's not always the path for everybody, mm-hmm. but I think having a chance to be, I never really talked about it this way, but having the chance to be removed from the usual like mm-hmm. society stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was really valuable for me to, to see it 
for what it is, which is this made up stuff that's really cruel to a lot of people, mm -hmm. women included, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then to go from the monastery to social media, you know, that's a, that's a big jump. Yes. So, and, it, and it took a lot of um, courage from you to be able to share your story and to share your experience. Um, how do you sort of, and I know Tamman and I talk about this on the podcast because, you know, a lot of the times I know mental health has a big part of how I react to people on mm -hmm. social media. You know, it's like mm -hmm. if somebody is saying something, you know, one way, one day, I might take it as, you know, one way this day and then tomorrow it's totally different. So how do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal with like the people who have like these negative um, you know, responses and feelings and do you just brush it away because you, you know, you've had all this wonderful kind of like Buddhist training and, you know, you've been very Zen in your life as well. How, how do you deal with that? <laughs> what, no, what's really ironic. Yeah. I was, I was loving the way that you were phrasing that because what's mm. really ironic is Buddhism and Zen training is almost the opposite of quote unquote being Zen mm. in the sense that it made me more sensitive to everything. Mm -hmm. It was about taking away the walls that I had built up around my being too sensitive. Cause that's, that's in quotes, right? Mm -hmm. I was always told you're too sensitive. And so I had built up these walls to seem like I'm not sensitive and I was mm -hmm. sensitive anyway behind the wall, but you know, and leading back to shame mm -hmm. as, as you said so beautifully a little bit earlier. And to me, those comments still affect me. There's no way it can't. Mm -hmm. They affect me in a very particular way. Mm. They help to crystallize why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But there and is that much hate in the world. Go ahead. And I do believe it's, I always say that the fast, un unhappiness is the fastest pipeline to hate. That's always been my thing. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I was very overweight as a kid. We talked about this. I had, I was bullied a lot growing mm -hmm. up and, um, it took me a long time to realize that it was never about me. It was never about me. It was always about them. Hate always comes from somewhere else because people don't understand or they feel threatened or it, it, it starts to change their own belief system. And that is confusing and mm -hmm. off putting. And when you don't know how to change yourself, then you want to change other people and it kills you when they don't want to change. Like it almost, it makes them mm -hmm. even angrier when you just go, I'm sorry that you are having a hard day. I love you and care about you. You must be dealing with your own shit. <laughs> um, because people can't, can't deal with having the mirror right in front of them and having to look back at themselves. And that's a Indeed. big thing. I, I did want to talk because I know we don't have you for hours and hours, but I want to start, I, I wish we did. I want to really nail down on some of these questions that people um, yes, ask, course. because I, I was like, we have, we have promise. you, we have you on the show. And so people want to know, for example, what is the social construct that has been placed on us when it comes to gender, when we're just talking about gender and what is gender fluid? So people can understand these terms and what it actually means. Yeah. And that's, and to frame that discussion, I'll talk about non-binary, which is mm -hmm. the big umbrella term that folks are using for anyone who is not a man and not a woman. Mm -hmm. And when I say things like that, <laughs> it's another one of those instances uh, for a lot of people, like you were just talking about, mm -hmm. it causes a lot of reactions. In right, them. right, right. And instead of going with the reaction, I always encourage people to look at a statement like that as an invitation. Mm -hmm conversation mm -hmm. a conversation exactly questions, yeah. Questions, even, yeah yeah mm -hmm. so when someone like me says the binary we're referring to the two genders that most people are taught exist mm -hmm. for human beings mm -hmm. and so someone like me is non-binary we're outside of that mm -hmm. system of man and woman mm -hmm. most people listening to you all I am sure are already on board that the gender roles mm -hmm. are almost total BS. Mm -hmm. 
who takes out the trash, who's good at math, <laughs> right? Who should get paid? Who more takes care of the, the kids? Right? Who, right? who, who takes goes care of the work? Kids? Exactly who wears right. pink? <laughs> exactly right. We are over all of that stuff. And that sort of leaves this nebulous place of people thinking, quote unquote, science proves that there is only two, there are only two genders, right? Mm -hmm. So biologists, endocrinologists, scientists, they're, they've already come out. I mean, this happened years ago. Mm -hmm. There have been numerous studies, 7.8 billion people mm -hmm. on a planet together <laughs> are not all going to fit in box one or box two, mm -hmm. even biologically, scientifically. Mm -hmm. So there are people, everything that you think of makes up quote unquote gender from that side of it, your hormones, your chromosomes, your genitalia, your, whether you have facial hair or not, right? All these sort of characteristics, you're going to find variations mm -hmm. in nature. And so the, the only thing to take away at this, this moment in this podcast with you two beautiful people mm. is it's a lot more varied than you were taught. Mm. And the reason I call that an invitation is that's freedom for you too. Mm -hmm. You don't have to fit in the box because mm -hmm. I don't think I've met a human being where the box doesn't chafe them mm -hmm. in one way or another. Mm -hmm. It seems harder for men in some way, though, because if a man or a young boy says, you know, I want to wear a dress or I want to play with dolls, it's like it, it really has this big conversation about masculinity and what that means and why they can't do something like that. Right. Whereas my little girls, I have two little girls, they play with trucks. They wear pants, they wear blue, they wear hats backwards. They, you know, they don't like to wear dresses and it's not an issue. But when it comes mm -hmm. to little boys, I find it way more of a conversation. Sure. I know you're talking specifically about childhood. Right. And Kids. you said mm -hmm. it's really hard for boys, mm -hmm. but of course, girls are not taken seriously and mm -hmm. not paid attention to and mm -hmm. not celebrated in our culture. And mm -hmm. uh, anything that has to do with quote unquote, how genders should be treated is pretty much, it's okay to swear, right? Oh, please fucking it's hell. You did it. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much a fuck ton of bullshit for anybody uh, who, yeah. who experiences it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's why, again, my social media, you know, is, has people who have all kinds of genders, who are all kinds of genders on it. You know, um, I think too, a lot of parents are sometimes, you know, not knowing how to, um, when they hear things from their kids or they feel like their kids are questioning, you know, they themselves don't know how to give them direction or how to sort of, you know, propel them into the next place where they want to go. So do you have any advice for parents with, you know, maybe young children that are possibly questioning or trying to figure out, you know, gender, um, identity, these kinds of things? What, what do you think is the best thing for parents to do? Mm -hmm. I love that you said that. Uh, the advice that I have is say to your kid, I love you. What would you like me to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is always the best approach. Mm -hmm. and really, really keep an eye on how our current approach to this exact subject mm -hmm. pathologizes kids. They're struggling with their gender identity. Mm -hmm. They're questioning their identity, right? They're wrestling with this issue of gender, right? It's when I was a kid, I did none of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't think I could have articulated, you know, as well as I can today as a 44 year old, what was up with me when mm -hmm. I was six, right? But I wasn't questioning anything. I was mm -hmm. just a beautiful, you know, gorgeous, my little pony in a human body. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with the world. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with the beliefs of others. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with the hate I was getting. To just explain it to a layman like myself, 
Is mm-hmm. there a difference, gender and sex? Are they two different subjects or are we talking about the same thing? Is there biological sex, which you can transition and become transgender when you know your genitalia changes and you become transgender? And is there another conversation about, but is sex and gender two different things? Yeah, and I know you, they are two different things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. both are just teeming with wild, colorful, vibrant variation. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not just in human beings. I mean, that's animals across the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, just one wild example to throw in, there are people who are intersex whose genitalia does not fall along Mm -hmm. any sort of like boys have a, what do they have? PP and girls have a VV, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can say penis and vagina. Say in Australia. Um, a penis and a vagina mates. <laughs> okay, great. Um, those, right? So there are people who don't, don't, who are born and, and that's not true for them right. physically, right? So right. what happens, what I witness again and again and again is people want to use a phrase like biological sex to just be mean to people like me. That's all. Right. Um, and to clarify too, because I think there's so much misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. That people sometimes get confused with gender and sexuality. You know, they think that those two are two interchangeable. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Which are yeah. definitely not. Um, would you care to kind of let the, let the listeners in on that, please? Yeah, for sure. Sexuality is who you like or don't like, <laughs> who you want to do it with, who you don't, mm-hmm. right? And gender is the expression Mm -hmm. of who you are. Mm -hmm. I had a question that um, was sent to me when I mentioned to my uh, social media that we were going to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And the question was, um, I have young daughters and I feel nervous about someone who's from the other sex going into that bathroom Mm. um, because of the safety from my daughters and I just don't know what could happen. And which is, you know, people, this is all a very new subject for people and they're having to wrap their heads around it, which is Mm -hmm. understandable too. It's, you know, everything's understandable as long as it's not laced with hate. Um, So what would you say to that mom who's got young daughters? Like, what would you say for her to think about or tell her girls? Uh, there are two things I would say. Um, Google around, uh, try to find credible journals. Um, the mm-hmm. statistics will let you know that predators are almost 100% straight men. Mm-hmm. They're not trans people. Mm-hmm. And so much so that uh, I personally have never read an article of a trans person mm-hmm. being a predator in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Never never heard of an example, never saw it in the press. Mm-hmm. Um, just as an aside, I don't ever want to see a locker room for the rest of my life. I don't know about you, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not like people like me are like, you better let us in there. Um, right. like, oh, I, I just, I'd rather stay home, but thank you. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I would say. And the second thing I would say is if you we throughout human history we this is going in quotes we need to save the women and children mm-hmm. have been used against marginalized people mm-hmm. it, it was part of the reason that in in the states that there were separate bathrooms for black and white people uh, that that excuse was used against black men in particular mm-hmm. and it was used against um jews uh before the holocaust in the weimar republic and prominent example, we need to save the children was used against the women in Salem, mm-hmm. that they were predatory toward children. Mm-hmm. So it gets really, really dicey when that is your sole reason to keep uh, rights away from other people. And that's your sole, the spearhead of your accusation. Mm-hmm. And I understand wanting to keep people safe. And I mentioned all of that so that a parent could do some mm-hmm. research and look in some spots and Mm-hmm. make sure they're safe. You know, I love that you pause and take breaks for your mental health. Cause I think that that is something that's so important. We do that 
Hammond and I, you know, we talk about that. We're trying to- We talk about it, but we don't take any breaks. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're like, I'm struggling so bad today. We're like, okay, next, next show. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're works in progress. Um, but no, it's really important too. That's another sort of thing we're teaching our kids right now, you know? And it's something that's so important. Was that something like along your journey? When did that become important to you? Was that something that was instilled in a young age? Or was that something you kind of had to grasp yourself? Because I'm sort of like struggling with that with my daughter too. I'm like, when, you know, how do I do this? I'll tell you how. And you're going to hate me. Um, You're going to hate the answer. Because I do, you know, I do one on one coaching with people. And a lot of the times it's a parent. And a parent usually comes to me if their kids LGBTQ, but not necessarily. And they want me to coach their kid. And I always say, why don't you and I have a coaching session first? And we'll just get on and we'll talk about your kid. And I'm going to let I'm going to let you in on the biggest secret. We never end up talking about their kid because the answer is going to be, you have to demo it. Mm -hmm. You can't say to your kid, it's important to take mental health breaks. Okay, bye. I'm going to go do my to-do list and stress out, right? It just doesn't, doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. You, you, whatever you want the most for your child, you actually have to do it. And it's the hardest thing. I do not envy parents up at all. That is the hardest thing on earth. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I know it's like putting it into practice. That's, it is hard because it's like, you feel like you're torn between here and there and you've got responsibilities and you're trying to manage your children, manage your business. And it just, it gets to be overwhelming. I actually feel like I'm having one of those days too. You know, mm. I know you were talking about mental health earlier. I, it's just, it's like one of those. Yeah. Yesterday I was, yes, having such a shit, shit day that I was like, got the nanny and we went and drank wine. I went to the movies with my husband and (laughs) saw a really crappy movie and it was great. But you know, the first thing I went went to to was guilt. You went to the movies with Fran Drescher? No, I wish I went to the movies with Fran Drescher. Did you used to watch the nanny? That was my favorite show mr sheffield oh man <laughs> it's dating me back i used to love that show step by step in full house sorry sorry, sorry to interrupt you my three things now i've forgotten about my mental health because you made me feel so good about it um yeah no i think that yeah, i don't even know that's the problem with mental health right i don't even know when it's st- when i started the guilt and the shame and the beat myself up mentally like I don't you don't even know where it starts it's like these automatic negative thoughts that you have from I guess your surroundings and your environment and the people in your I don't know it's just like when did I start having such low self-esteem and my I know know, I had a I had a birthday recently and I thought yeah my goal is not stuff and money and any of that stuff that we go oh I did next year I want to do this or buy this or go here it's just to love myself more that's literally all I want for this next year. I want to stop, you know, because, and this is hard for me to say out loud, like the perception of what people have of me of like, oh my gosh, you're lovely. You're great. You're sweet. You're fun. Whatever they have. I don't feel that. So it doesn't really matter what people think of me because my whole life I thought, well, I really want that validation, but I kind of have part of it now and it doesn't make me feel any better. So mm. it's like that. I have to forgive myself for what I'm not ex- entirely sure. Um, but forgive myself and to be kind to myself. I don't know what that looks like. Um, mm. And to love myself because I d- don't know how I can possibly love the people in my life if I don't love myself. And I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I love myself, mm. but not all the time. Definitely not all the time. Mm-hmm. And Imagine me saying that to my husband. Hey, honey, I've been with you 15 years. I love you sometimes. <laughs> or my kids. Like I couldn't even fathom that even in their in their shitty moments and in, even in mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. bullshit. And my husband was being a annoying whatever last night and I still loved him. Might not so like, like him, what, though. It might not like him, which I cannot <laughs> like myself. That's okay. I should, you know, if I fail or if I... My husband does that too. <laughs> it's terrible. If I screw up, you know, but yeah. I mean, it is. It's like that it's such it sounds such a buzzy word like gotta love yourself but it's hard it really sometimes. is the world will change if we all did 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one would hope, right? I'll let you in on a tiny window because you, mm-hmm. you already said it so beautifully and so eloquently. But supposedly by the time you're seven or eight, your internal self-hate system is good to go. And in studies, it's called socialization. I mean, as in almost everybody goes through that process where you take the what they're telling me is wrong with me and you make that an internal thought. Mm. Oh, so you take in you take in the external of what they're saying. And it goes, and, and I, I think feel like I'm, yeah, oh, my uh, kids are seven. We, we've got a little one, but Brock's yeah. now kids are seven. And I'm like, I'm doing it to her. And I, at least I have, at least I have some uh, awareness. Cause if you don't have awareness, how mm-hmm. can you change? But like the other day I was braiding her hair and I was like, you know, trying to, and she was, and I'm like, oh, you just, you can never sit still. Like, what are you doing? Like there's these little messages that we give them like she's a, she's a screw up because she can't do this which is so silly it's it's just braiding her hair but it, you do it as a parent and you don't know you're doing it as a parent and it's like at least there's some awareness but i just hope it's not too late <laughs> yeah well and imagine adding on to that a kid who's lgbtq mm-hmm. or a kid who's neurodivergent or a kid who is in any way different than or, or in any way less capable to act mm-hmm. like their parents want them to act. Mm-hmm. I tried for years not to be so femme and it just, my, my femme is too powerful. <laughs> it just oozes yeah. out of every uh-huh. single pore that I have, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt for the longest time that it was my fault that I couldn't control it. Mm. Because that's what you were programmed like from the beginning sort of feeling and hearing. Not just programmed, life and death. I mean, I, I would lose my parents, my home, the food, the right, you name it, the love, the acceptance, all of that would be gone if I couldn't just keep all that under control somehow. And I absolutely could not, which was honestly my saving grace. It's who you are. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a choice. It's not and a choice. Can you imagine trying all, to not yeah. be who you are? I mean, that's that's, that's <laughs> no. He's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. You definitely could, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is something that is so against like every more fiber of your being is like not being the person that you are. It's like always being, you know, not only like untruthful, but you're just. It's like a show. You're just acting. I mean, it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's why, isn't it why suicide rates are so high? Because imagine growing up thinking something's wrong with you and then going back to shame. And then you have so much shame that you just can't take it anymore. And I think that the most important thing about this podcast is if parents are listening, it's like Mm -hmm. acceptance and loving your child in every way Mm -hmm. is the only way for them to grow into amazing human beings. Because when you don't, Mm -hmm. then... I mean, then the opposite is possible right. and you never want to live with that, you know? Yeah. Um, Can I tell you one? Yeah, please do. I mean, I just, there's an organization here called Glisten, mm. and every year they do a school climate survey for LGBTQ kids. Mm-hmm. And so they do a survey of like, well, how many trans kids are there? How many kids <laughs> identify as gender fluid nowadays, right? But they also do cultural questions. And the study that just came out found that a child having one adult in their life who affirms who they are cuts their suicide risk in half. But of course, that statistic tells you that a whole heck of a lot of kids have zero adults in their life. You know? They don't know that unless they know that a whole lot have none. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we talk a lot, actually, just back to your point on the show is talking about the helpers and the people that come into your Mm -hmm. life with a helping hand and to kind of help, you know, guide you to the next place or whatever that point that is in your life. Was there somebody like that for you? Was there somebody that kind of was your helper? Uh, Yes. I mean, Mm -hmm. in a trillion ways. There are what we call the transcestors, yeah. uh, the ancestors, you know, that, that have opened the door. Mm-hmm. One of them is Kate Bornstein, mm-hmm. who wrote a book called On Men, Women, 
and the rest of us. That's the subtitle. The title title is Gender Outlaw. What a great title. And it's this, it's a memoir about Kate's life. And the book came out in 1996. So folks think, and I was graduating high school, folks think that this is trendy and this is new, you know, the whole non-binary thing, but we are ancient actually. But even in the modern sense, people have been doing this movement for decades already. Mm. How is your relationship with your family now? I am estranged. I don't mm-hmm. have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> is probably the healthiest thing, which is the healthiest thing. Yes. In your, for your indeed. Life. It, was, it was not the easiest decision at the time, of course, because that's fraught. But once you get some space... Once I'll speak about myself. Once I got some space, it turned out to be the healthiest, most lovely decision for me possible. People got weirded out. Sorry, you want to ask another question? I'm just so excited to talk to you. No, but how do they, are they trying to get back into your life? Are they wanting to understand and learn to be part of your space, Mm -hmm. to be in your space, or have they accepted it as well? Because I can't imagine being a mom. Mm-hmm. If my child murdered someone, I'd be like, I still love you, honey. I'd be like <laughs> sitting there and she's innocent. Like, I, I don't know if my child could do anything. And for me to not, like for me to not want to learn or You spoke them. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the LGBTQ phrase to read someone? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to read you, um, mm-hmm. but you spoke earlier about always going back to shame. Oh yeah. I'm not estranged from my mom because she's a bad person. Right. I didn't make that decision because she was wrong. She did something wrong, Mm -hmm. right? It just was the decision because it was healthy. Yeah. And I know that 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 even could still be heartbreaking Mm -hmm. for a parent. You asked me directly, are they trying to get in contact? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Right. They're blocked. Right. It was the boundary I set up and I stuck to it. Right. And I even asked my partner to do the same yeah. so, because often in these situations, they'll try to use a, a third person, right. To, mm-hmm. to, um, get in there mm-hmm. to me, it not only was the healthiest decision, mm-hmm. it was in a sense, the most necessary decision. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I don't need a quote unquote good excuse or good reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, boundaries are boundaries. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Go ahead. And also, I mean, I think for your mental health too. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. important that you prioritize that. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I know there are a lot of listeners out there that probably are estranged from their family or their parents mm-hmm. and may not know. Uh, you know, are there other? I mean, I'm sure no, but like having this this conversation, it just reaffirms that what they did was for them, you know, and for their mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's helpful. It's helpful that you're sharing that. So I do appreciate you telling us that. Of course. Yeah. And actually for the healing of the planet, mm-hmm. not to be too poetic or grandiose, but there was a time that I could do spiritually mm-hmm. when that dynamic was off the table. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah. Because there's a lot of, well, First of all, anyone that will listen to me, I love to tell them just because mm-hmm. someone is genetically related to you does not mean they get complete, full, 24-7 access to your heart, mind, and psyche, <laughs> which <laughs> seems to be the belief that people have. Mm-hmm. And making sure that boundary was in place just opened the door for me to do a ton of healing that couldn't have happened otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that stuff, you know, affects not just me, but everybody. You know, I think that's interesting that you're bringing up healing and spirituality because I was looking, when I was looking at your um, Instagram earlier, I saw that like at the beginning of your life, you were going to church and there was some religion mm-hmm. involved. Did that ever mm-hmm. come back into the picture now that you sort of, you know, made this, um, this boundary, you know, with your parents and everything? Is religion a part of it at all? Is it more spirituality? What does that look like for you? Well, I studied at a Buddhist monastery, which is a very 
I, I did Soto Zen, mm-hmm. which is a very strict uh, version of mm-hmm. uh, Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And so religiously, I am still a student of Zen. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those Eastern religions that kind of straddles into what we, you know, what folks in the West think of as spirituality mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, we're not worshiping anybody. There's no deity. There's no, you know, there's nothing beyond what mm-hmm. we can tell from this reality that we're in right now mm. uh, that we're asked to have faith in. Mm. Does that help speak to it? Mm-hmm. it yeah, it does. Okay. And to so, me, the only point of life is to end self-hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel People like if we end self-hate, say, we'll end like every horrible thing that's happening in the world. <laughs> right? Like, we'll yeah, if we all just loved ourselves, I don't think we'd be fighting yeah, no at all. Yes. No killing, there'd be no, no war, there'd be no murder. Like, there would be nothing. There would just be acceptance because if we accept ourselves, we can accept other people. Mm-hmm. You know? And accept their choices too. I think that's a big one. I think that especially what's going on right now with COVID and vaccinations. It's like, you know, we're so, we, we like to be on one side and fight against other people's choices. And, and you don't know what people are going through. You don't know, you don't know anything about what they're dealing with. So I don't know. I think compassion Mm -hmm. is the number one thing, but again, compassion with yourself is like the first step, you know, can I give you an example? Mm -hmm. I have to have compassion for me first. It's got to be at the top of the list. So yeah. I often have, uh, we joked about you stalking me, but I've had like <laughs> real life stalkers, right? In yeah, the world. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I could say I was taught I need to be really nice. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain circumstances where your safety and psyche gets mm-hmm. trumped mm-hmm. by the uh, person trying to, you know, trespass a boundary and trying to hurt you. And mm-hmm. the, you have to just simply put a stop to that, even though it may not seem nice in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. I, you know, I know I, about, I yeah. said that because being nice is something I know for me and possibly Tamman as well, like from a young age, you know, be nice, be nice, be nice. It's like mm-hmm. instilled, you know, and I keep, I can hear it like over and over and over again. And I'm really trying not to do that with my daughter, you know, be kind is one thing. Like I, I yes. definitely want her to be kind, to be a kind person, but I think you're right. She has to value herself. And it's not about just being nice to make the other person feel comfortable. If you know, you know, like how that is. So it's like, it's a balance, you know, but it's kind of deprogramming also ourselves, which is hard. It's hard to yeah. deprogram. You made me think of misogyny. Mm-hmm. You know, and how if we think of it as a cultural system, mm-hmm. teaching every daughter to quote unquote be nice mm-hmm. is actually just teaching her not to speak up when things are unjust mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's like the be nice philosophy is actually doing great harm in that case. And there are times when she's going to need to say something mm-hmm. to someone that is absolutely not nice, but, uh, but must be said for what is just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when you speak up, it's like, if you're a woman or mm-hmm. whatever, is that right? <laughs> Am I saying it right? Or, or identify with <laughs> feminine energy. No, if you're a woman, um, if you're yeah, a woman, it's you like you, you, or it said that you're bossy or that you're a bitch mm-hmm. or that you're opinionated mm-hmm. or, I mean, especially in my line of work, my husband and I are in the film business. We have a few TV shows that we're um, uh, developing right now. And it's like, I seem to always be the only feminine energy in the room. And when I speak, no one really looks at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one really mm-hmm. looks my way. And I'm like, I created half this, freaking show with my husband Mm -hmm. like I matter as well you know and I work my ass off I I I raise my two kids I'm like I'm constantly out in the world trying to be better make it better like I'm I hold just as much space as somebody else um, of the opposite sex gender guys see I don't know what I'm saying is I saying it wrong no I mean that's that's another spot where you might be trying to use language that's nice Okay. You don't need to be nice. Good. You can just say men. Okay, good. You just say See, it. I'm learning. I'm <laughs> right? learning. It may not um, be quote unquote oh, yeah. nice to say that men 
are able to speak generally whenever they want to. Right. And other folks are not. Right. right. That's that sometimes that's, you got to just come out and say it. That's how it feels. <laughs> um, and I yeah. hopefully I have two very uh, opinionated young girls in my life who mm-hmm. I hope that these next, the next generation, the generation after that, they feel like they are being heard. Just like I feel like for you, the next generation of non-binary, transgender, they feel like they're also being heard. I hope we get to that point where we don't have to have as many of these conversations because people just get it. They just understand, you know, and hopefully we get to a point where people don't find this as something that is uh, confusing or um, questioned, you know, so hopefully mm-hmm. we get to that point. So um, that's what it's like with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I walk into a room of, you know, teenagers and there's no need to explain mm-hmm. anything. There's yeah. no translation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think we're working hard as parents to sort of shift, um, you know, the ideology that we were taught, you know, I think we're trying to do the best that we can for our kids. Um, you know, and hopefully that makes a difference, you know, in the future for everybody, because it's, it's, again, it's like, you know, you hear things that you were brought up with and it's a matter Mm -hmm. of programming and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to do the best for your kids, for everybody, you know? So it's, um, hopefully, you know, everyone will get on board too and, and, um, try to change the, the way, you know, before we let you go, Jeffrey, um, what is the one message for people that you'd like to say, or like something you'd like to leave us all with? There is nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The thing you were told is most wrong with you is your superpower. It's your gift to the world. Mm -hmm. Mine being, you know, too queer, (laughs) too LGBTQ, (laughs) right? I was always told that's wrong with me, but you know, look at me today. Mm -hmm. Offering that without shame is my life, my brand, my uh, way that I help others. Mm -hmm. Well, for those that have not looked at Jeffrey Marsh's Instagram page, you have to because they are so (laughs) inspirational. I mean, I literally, I could not, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I went in the best Jeffrey Marshall possible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I don't know. Uh, I don't know know if he's ever heard that. <laughs> and I, I know you're trying to wrap up, but I have to say, you, we established you both are good parents. Oh. Did you catch that? I have so. Thank you. You know what? That no, is? I hope so. You're well, good. <laughs> I hope because so. it's incredibly difficult to be where you are. Right. Your parents have so few tools, <laughs> and you are trying to impart to your kids something where they won't have a terrible life, right? Where they won't be traumatized, where they won't be such, you know, under the thumb of these systems that, mm-hmm. that tell them they're worthless. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you're kind of in the middle. And both of you, from what I can see, are just navigating that middle so beautifully with yeah. pinache, with aplomb. I mean, I think I like do it wrong and then at least I'm aware and then I try to make it right. Like my well, daughter yeah, said, I don't did, want kids. She goes, happen. I don't want kids. She goes, I don't want kids. This is what she said. And I went, you want kids. <laughs> Look at me. My All my shit on her. I'm like, no, no, you want kids. And she's like, no, I don't want kids. I'm seven years old. I can decide what I want for my life. And I'm like, you're going to want a family. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I need to stop. And then my husband's like, Taman, she's seven. Just let her have. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Whatever you want, honey. Like you can live your life and whatever you want. If you want kids, great. If you don't want kids, that's fine too. And I'm sitting there going, I must have grandbabies. I must have grandbabies. <laughs> and then I was thinking, well, at least I know that's horrible. And then I'm thinking, you know, what? it's fine. She doesn't have to have kids. It's fine. And I'm like, at least I have another one. <laughs> have kids. See that I have issues. I have issues. Cause I love, I love babies. And I, I know, I know I'm fucked up. I get it. I don't think at liking least... grandbabies is quote unquote issues, but, no. <laughs> but oh at God. least, at least I was aware. I was like, no, you want kids. I was like, oh my goodness. I just put all my shit onto her. But no, you're doing the right thing. Cause you heard it. Um, but it also reminds me that <laughs> because you're saying that 
Um, my daughter was like, I am not getting married. I don't want a wedding. And you're like, no, you are. <laughs> no, no. You know what David said? David overheard. It. He's like, great. Just save me a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> yeah. Saved a few bucks. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> to get deep for a second, yeah. if I had had moms like you, mm-hmm. you know, if one of you had been my mom, I think oh. my life would have been very different. Right? Oh, we are here sense. and we are <laughs> you're bringing the mom energy okay yeah anyway. we can be your mom yeah, uh, yeah we can easily be your mom's <laughs> i don't know i just hope i'm not fucking her up i really do because she's so hard on herself and i think is that because she watches me be hard on myself or is it just because that just is who she is and i don't know i just Neither. i love her and i give her so much love and i yes. at least i'm learning and trying to be better and that's all i can that's all i can do that's mm-hmm. all I can do mm-hmm. in every subject. At least, at least I'm trying to be better and trying to work on my shit. Mm-hmm. And I say, like, so many people on my Instagram are like, well, tell me some marriage advice because you've been together for 15 years. And I said, work on your own shit. Because right. in a marriage, it's so easy to dump your stuff onto someone else and to blame and to accuse and to all the things that you don't like about yourself onto the other person. And the number one thing I would say is just work on yourself. And if you want to be a better parent, work on yourself. Yeah. But Tim, um, don't be so hard on yourself. I just had therapy today. And you know what he told me? <laughs> You're doing the best you can. And that's it. You're doing the best. But can I be better? Can You're I just be perfect? <laughs> it really, it, I mean, again, it comes back to misogyny, but the moms are always to blame. Right. And I just heard you attempt to blame yourself, right? Yeah. Why is my kid this way? Oh, it's my fault, right? Then when, yeah, yeah. you know, your kid has a ton of people in. in yeah, it's life. my husband's fault. Why the hell didn't I think it was his <laughs> yeah, fault? Yeah, go. <laughs> you go, girl. Blame Sean, okay? Are you like, Jeffrey said it was your fault. Why am I blaming myself? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm like, you need to do some work on yourself. No. Um, well, this was an amazing conversation. I, I think you, every time you speak, I'm sure you save lives. And that is probably mm. a way, like a, a lot, like you need to walk around, which I'm sure you do knowing that, um, you know, people are around because of you. Yes. So yes. that's a, yes. you are so inspirational. Life. It's, I mean, I, like you said, sucked in. I was like, I cannot stop them i cannot stop them because you just are you have that gift you have a gift yep mm-hmm. projection i mean you yeah. you have the gift or you wouldn't recognize it yeah Ooh, we all have the gift <laughs> well let can you let everyone know where they can find you i know we talked about your instagram you, but, my um, home address is that what you yes please tell uh, us your social security <laughs> number and your bank details please <laughs> um come hang out on on all the social platforms mm-hmm. j-e-f-f-r-e-y marsh m-a-r-s-h and i mean we didn't even talk about it but my audiobook just came out it's already a bestseller it's called how to be you You'll hear my voice I love um, your telling voice, you yes. that you're lovely. Yeah. And can well, we thank also you mention so much. that you have a winged eyeliner that can cut glass? I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't even do that. I've I given mean, up at this point. <laughs> really. You know what's up. There's some my tricks. You kind of have yeah. to like hang upside down on a bar. And... <laughs> love that. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to implement that into my life. My husband's like, <laughs> you yeah. My sex life will skyrocket that week. Yeah. Well, thank you mm-hmm. so much for being here. And guys, you can find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook and our Clubhouse group, Women on Top. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Alrighty. And I am Tamin Sursock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women on top
enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.